0: Good evening and welcome to uh, episode 72 of Aid Thompson and Other Disappointments, your twice weekly dose of comedy, politics, dystopia. We cover it all here. Uh, We can be found talking about almost anything, except we do tend to keep Will Smith's wife's name out of our fucking mouths. Uh, joining me tonight are two returning favourites from the last couple of seasons, uh, political blogger and host of the Politically Enraged podcast, Davey Moo, and Twitter, TikTok and Byline TV contributor, the right and always honourable Super Tansky. Welcome, guys. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> How are we doing? How's uh, how's your half week? Where are we now? Thursday. Forgot forgotten what fucking day it is. How's your week been, first, Oh. Uh, okay, um, angry, angry.
1: Uh, you know, you put what the normal.
0: You're feeling the rage. Good. Always,
1: always
2: uh, feeling the rage.
0: So we're in the mind right mindset then to uh, to do one of these uh, filthy three ways. Uh, Davy, how are you doing? How's your week been?
2: Never better. Loved it. Watched my increased rent come out. Watched my savings dwindle. It's brilliant. I am living the dream. If the dream
0: is a significant nightmare. <laughs> yeah, and well, and also like this week, it's been sort of like last week it was fucking 20 degrees. I was like breaking the shorts out, the flip flops. And then today it's like snowing and it's, you know, I've got fucking heaters on out here, central heating back on in the house, which I suppose I should hold back on, you know, talking about, because I don't want people to think I'm bragging about this sort of, you know, opulent high end product called central heating that nobody can fucking afford nowadays. (laughs) Some people will be having extra children just so they've got something to burn. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> it's, got, it's got so dark so quickly Davey. what happened Surprise. you used to be a nice guy i got cynical what can
2: i say i can't afford optimism anymore
0: yeah they broke you
2: yeah. do you
0: think here's, here's a weird question do you think things like central heating are going to be the new like you know like when a girl goes back to a guy's flat <laughs> And then she's really impressed. Like it, it, maybe ages ago, it would have been like a gold watch or like his BMW would be like the stage. He, oh, he's, he drives a BMW. Like now it's going to be like, he took me back to his flat and he had the central heating on.
2: Oh, Do you know what he did? Do you know what he did that really turned me on? He put the big light on. Oh,
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> if Anyone puts the big light on. I think they're a psychopath immediately if they only have the big light on. But. Or a straight man, Aid, because I've never gone back to a man's house and been impressed. So. Um... Oh
0: dear. <laughs> what what a sad note to uh, to start our podcast on. <laughs> uh, it's gonna get where well, Anyone that's watching or listening is gonna get worse from here. <laughs> this is
2: this is the Indeed peak. Only, this is this is like this is yeah. This is where it starts, and the quality just goes down like the Pepsi Max in Blackpool, or like <laughs> me after half a chardonnay.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> We just keep scraping through that barrel, don't we? Uh, how what? long do you think it will be? How long do you think it will be before we start hearing the first rumours, tweets, or blogs about people fucking other people for petrol?
1: Ooh, um, about three weeks, I reckon. Yeah,
0: can't be long. I mean, I've considered it.
1: Turning tricks, you know, yep. for diesel. Yeah, it's it's. I reckon that'll be i reckon that's a possibility you know it depends on how much you need to get to work you know
0: yeah yeah i mean work from home is really the only reason i haven't sucked off my neighbor for his petrol (laughs) so far so uh (laughs) you need a reason to do that
1: yeah man i mean
0: (laughs) heaven heaven forbids. uh he, I wonder if he's watching this. He'd be like, "Wow, this my neighbor always seems really, really nice when I see him out in the garden mowing his lawn. It turns out he's really fucking gross and he wants to suck my dick. Weird."
1: He's <laughs> gonna be pressed to that window behind you within about ten minutes. Like, did someone say? Did someone say? Cop? <laughs> did someone say? Cop fuel?
0: <laughs> you know, the wild thing is like, I'm in a cabin here. It's not soundproofed, so he could literally be out there right now, <laughs> listening to me talking about sucking him off. So maybe I should just shut up. Maybe we should crack on. Um,
2: should
0: yeah. Um, so, so while we're talking about how expensive things have have become, the cost of living crisis. Obviously, this is a big, uh, big hot topic at the moment. Lots of people who ordinarily would not be paying attention to politics are obsessing over it, worrying about what they're going to get hit with next in terms of like bills going up, petrol getting more pricey, energy bills. Um, it's you know, it's like it's hard to find. It's hard to mine comedy out of something that's this kind of depressing, isn't it? Um, and especially, like, tonight, because it's last day of March, so 1st of April is tomorrow, when all of the energy bills start to fucking double. Uh, and I, my my feel on this is that I feel like it's the latest in a series of examples where the government, the, the entire cabinet, should sort of start to adopt the wartime kind of leadership, like in the interest of the people, like that sort of, I don't know, chachilian bluster that they all seem to subscribe to on any other day of the week. This is their moment that they could actually step forward and go like, right, we're going to act and adopt a conduct that shows people that we're on their side and make their lives easier. And we're going to like, I don't know what form it would take if it was sort of, you know, energy price caps or if it was, if it would be some like subsidies that people could use or vouchers, uh, like any of the above but instead of doing that on at every possible juncture whether we're talking covid or brexit or the cost of living crisis they seem to spectacularly fail at every and, and instead of getting solutions instead of getting like a realistic price cap or subsidies what we actually get is i'll i'll do you one 200 pound loan <laughs> that you, you pay back and uh you know like it's the same in covid as well right like it was like other countries would make commitments to small businesses they would say we're not going to let any business go under as a result of this our government was like we're going to give people loans we're going <laughs> to like, yeah, don't worry about it like, you don't have to pay it back immediately but we're just going to give you a loan like it's not the same mm-hmm. is it um how how are you guys feeling about it uh right, let's go to you uh, first davy sorry
2: i've found it really just ridiculous like i, I mean as as you guys know I made a video just listing from a personal point of view, the things that were going up and I had to miss stuff off the list to make a three minute video. And it just, it's just ridiculous. Everywhere I turn, people are asking me for more money. And I'm like, from where? My salary hadn't gone up from my old job. I've now started a new consultancy, which is lower paid. And I know that that's my fault because it was a choice, but like when I've got The government saying we're taking more money at source. I've got my landlord saying we're going to take more rent money. I've got my electricity, which is the only utility I have, saying I'm going to double. I've got Mm. my... uh, I've even... I tried shopping around for cheaper car insurance. I'm probably going to have to sell my car because they were saying it was more expensive. I've got O2 going, by the way, we're going to take more money off you. I Literally, like. I would not be surprised if someone just came and knocked on my door and was like, hello, we're here to collect the air tax. And I'm just like... I'll tell you what, just take it, just take it and leave.
0: I uh, thought you were going to say like some government representative like bangs on the door, walks it, like literally takes a pound of fucking flesh out of you. Like, yep, thanks. Good day. Well, they
2: better do it now because food bills have also gone up because of Brexit, which means that before long, I'm going to be that skinny. There won't be a bloody pound of flesh to take.
0: <laughs> yeah, not far off. Um, and uh, and Tan, what's what's your feel about this?
2: Uh,
1: rage um because as I, I tweeted the other day it almost feels like the tories are trying to create a live action recreation of oliver in this country at the moment um and the, the one of the worst things about it is that they could stop this if they wanted to like they have got the reserves to stop this and it's a choice and when you look at things like universal credit Um, in line with GDP, it should be £40 a week more than it is at the moment. And that uplift that they applied actually lifted 400,000 kids out of poverty. Um, So I'm fearing now for those people that are going to be plunged into an even worse crisis um, because of this. Mm. And can we just talk about the party the other night that they went to on the night that the planes were announced where they... It was the anniversary of the COVID Memorial wall, and they walked past really, really fucking dignified, bereaved people. Because if it was me bereaved holding a picture of someone that, like my husband that had died, I wouldn't be able to stop myself, I don't think, lunging at them. Um, And they just treated them like they would, say, a homeless person on the street. They just avoided eye contact. Johnson and Sunak went in the back Um, because to acknowledge them would have been to acknowledge their shame and their failures over COVID. Um, but then when you come onto the cost of living crisis, you've got the fact that these people that, that, that get all of us to pay for their luxuries on expenses are going into a lavish banquet when we're about to face one of the worst economic downturns since the 1950s. I mean,
0: mm.
1: how can you feel anything but anger when seeing that?
0: Yeah. it sort of, it, it defies logic, consideration, respect, uh it's it's what gets me is like I understand the shame and the rage factor but from a PR perspective I cannot get my head around who signs off on these decisions uh to hold and like we can come on to party gate in a in a short while but uh on the day that they distribute those 20 fines then somebody decides that it's a great idea for them to go and have a fucking party like, what, like what, how do you think that's gonna look I don't know if you guys saw though. I, I like,
2: and I, I mean this without a hint of irony, and it's obviously just a theory, but I genuinely believe, to an extent, that this government is trying to throw the next election so they can be out of power, when the true, the true damage, really does start to kick in. Whether that's Brexit, whether that's recessions or more rises in bills or whatever the hell's come in, do they know something and they're like? Let's have absolutely abysmal optics so we can hop out of power with the next election. Labour can spend five years cleaning it up to an acceptable standard. We can talk about how woke they are and just slither back into power when things are a bit more stable. It is a genuine theory, which may not be true, but which I I am wondering if has some weight.
1: Nothing has legs.
0: Yeah, you could be right. I think there's a risk there that you credit them with too much Uh, intelligence and long term like ask yourself if they've ever exhibited any characteristics of sort of long term thinking or strategy Uh, this Mm. is a cabinet of ministers and a prime minister and a a series of advisors who operate on a daily or maybe like twice it's like how can we manipulate the headlines tomorrow how can we react to the headlines that came out today like it's I don't think they really think ahead at all
1: yeah I mean they treated COVID like they treated a, a health crisis like a polling war. Like it's, it's, they were making decisions about a health crisis based purely on what would make them popular and more likely to retain power. But when they're in power, there's no progressive policy, there's no plan. They're literally, it's just the scene that I imagine in my head, like inside number 10 most days it's just people running around and things on fire like there just doesn't seem to be anything like there's no sense at all like it just i just don't think that circus performers jugglers you know just i, I don't know what the fuck's going on in there but it's not work mm.
0: um
1: it's so, the you know i'm sorry i keep kind of accidentally diverting into party gate but um what they're not doing is taking care of the major problems that are affecting our country like wage stagnation um the cost of brexit And they focus on getting people into work as if they're not massive scroungers themselves, but they also fail to take into consideration that 40% of people on universal credit are in work and that, you know, a million people in a six-month period in 2021 actually took parcels from food banks and they're people that are in work. So working isn't a route into poverty, out of poverty, sorry. Yeah, Um,
0: that's such an important point to, to nail down as much as possible because it gets... Skirted over, it just gets dismissed. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea that people on universal credit are uh, either lazy or always unemployed or or whatever uh, is fantasy. Like it starts off like that. Maybe it used to be like that when it was, you know, the dole like twenty years ago or forty years ago or something. But now we actually are living in a world where it's getting worse. The number of people who are seeking income support in some capacity is growing and growing and it i always think of it a bit like the housing crisis like it started off with people saying oh i wish i could get on the housing ladder and then their parents would say like oh well just do what we did um and 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 you could almost box up these these sort of uh piecemeal examples of like that guy down the road can't get on the ladder but that's okay because most other people can and then it bled out to a few more people and a few different age brackets and a few more professions and now we're in a situation where like uh like my my mother-in-law knows a gp in peckham and she was saying you know gps how much do they earn they're on a pretty good wedge and he is still living with his parents he can't get on on the ladder and i'm like that's where food banks and universal credit is kind of getting to now like it starts off in, in a subset of people, and until it doesn't, until it bleeds out into the wider community. Um, sorry, I've, I've taken us way off on a tangent myself there.
1: <laughs> uh, put though, that's a really important point to
2: make. Actually, Yeah, it is. Um, There's, I, I don't remember the actual figures, but like I did a video a couple of months ago, and I was like, this girl was saying like, oh well, but you know, but labour, the usual thing, and I was like, right, I'm really sorry that your family. Had to use food banks during Labour's tenure, and I'm going to spit all the figures, but they they will not be far off what they are. When Labour were last in power, like the last year that they were in power, I think it was ninety one thousand food banks that were had in the UK. That's octupled, I think it is. Like it's yeah. gone up so much, the usage of it has gone up so much. And that is an indictment on the government. And everybody can do the, well, Labour left us with debt, blah, blah, blah. First of all, not true. But secondly, we are 12 years into a Tory government. If they cannot control finances and have, in fact, made it ma- that much markedly worse, the time has come to stop saying, but Labour, and start saying, but why not? Like, why aren't you sorting it out? But Labour, OK, if Labour was so bad, yeah. but you've had 12 years to sort this out. What have you done?
0: yeah yeah and well, there's no there's no escaping it is there like you've been in power for over a decade if if you've not only made like you've made no progress in this area that area in the other area and like the, i mean the graphs speak for themselves like there was there was one that was doing the rounds this week about uh education funding over like since labor have left power uh for state schools and it was it's just gone like like plateaued meanwhile like private school funding and private school subsidies has soared um it's stuff like that it's stuff like the funding of the nhs um you know all of these graphs are like self-evident you can see the impact that tory cuts have had across british society but yet still you still get these fucking morons that are just like oh i just wish there was some sort of credible opposition it's like are you (laughs) fucking mental
1: do you know what labor could rock up like Keir Starmer could ride up to the hustings on a, on a fucking elephant wearing a tutu and wings. And actually, this would probably make me vote for him more, but he could turn up like doing a proper bin face. and Bimface actually has some salient points. He could, the point is, he, it could be mental and it would still be better than what we've got at the moment. Like their legacy speaks for itself. And what you were referring to about the private school, like funding going like stratospheric, he, he posted about, oh, we're going to make sure your kids can do basic maths and English. It's like, what the fuck? Like, this is, this is stuff yeah. that these kids should all be doing, but they're not, because they're probably at school really hungry, um, knackered, cold, to start with, uh, because of your massive cuts, um, there's another C word that really fits them. That, that yeah,
0: fits was, them. for a second there, I was like, <laughs> fucking hell, Tan's about to drop the C
1: Massive cuts, the lot of you. Um but then you look at like, things like the n9 hike um which is again them getting us to pay for an nhs that they've catastrophically underfunded and you know that was in a in major major trouble before a pandemic they ignored two independent reports into a pandemic response they didn't buy all the stuff we needed um and yeah, they it, never had a social care plan.
0: It feels like in, in every major pillar of British society, they've fantastically failed. Like education every- has, has tanked, the NHS has tanked, social care, uh, all of these areas where we the idea is that you elect a local representative to to represent your thoughts feelings concerns uh, on a national level but it seems like what actually happens is we elect somebody you know who smiles with us and kisses babies and all, all the rest of it all of the campaigning we elect them they go to the house of commons and then whether they want to support the funding of your local area or what they then get whipped into like defunding or you know it's not really they're not really representing our thoughts feelings and concerns what they're actually doing is uh is adhering to the party line and or uh doing the bidding of whoever is actually paying them
2: <laughs> i think the funny thing is as well because i mentioned the schools thing i don't know if you guys actually saw the interview with uh james horrendously ironic name cleverly on tv but when the newscaster brought up the schools thing he did it he did the thing he did but labor he was like, well, you will remember that, of course, at that time we were in the financial crisis, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, then, fundings continued to drop for public schools and rise for private ones over the course of 12 years. <laughs> Understandable if things were cut back when there was a frigging financial crisis. It's 2022, and the funding is like, like this. Like, it was like looking into the open maw of a fucking pterodactyl. What, what good is that to us now? oh, well, 12 years ago, it's like, what what good is that? What good is that? And this is exactly the kind of rhetoric that we just have to put up with over and over again. And it's why it just pushes you to just absolute paroxysms now when you listen to them talk. Genuinely feel that sometimes, like you could go up to James Cleverley and be like, oh, sorry, is is this your glass? And he'd be like, well, you're really asking a series of questions there, most of which relate (laughs) actually back to when Labour were last in power. And I'm like, I just want to like, I won't talk about violence because I don't want to get anyone censored, but like, yes, that's, it's, it's a significant thought.
0: Yeah, he's, I mean, I categorize him as probably one of the worst because I think he's probably, probably, I don't know, I've never IQ tested him, but probably <laughs> quite an intelligent guy. I get this the feeling that he's not an idiot, which means that when he's, when his conduct falls below expectations, it's deliberate. You know, like it's there's a there's a malice to it. Like if I his most famous or infamous uh, one that leaps to mind is when he rebranded or signed off on the rebrand of CCHQ to change to fact check UK in the middle of a fucking election debate. I'm I like, can't
2: believe they got away with that. Cannot believe they got away with it. Like, why weren't more people outraged by hello? We're literally lying to yeah, you.
0: It's like that is some sort of, like, sociopathic, undemocratic, like, dictator banana republic shit. And people are just like, ah, Tories, what are you going to do?
1: What do you expect? I mean, they also, during that election campaign, like, I think it's in the upper 90 percentile of their... full of misinformation. um had none for parties, the opposition parties. So the opposition parties played fair, paid for it badly. Um... Yeah, like you had misinformation on a, on a massive scale during that election campaign. It was so, oh yeah. And then there was also a claim that Matt Hancock was hit by a cyclist outside um, the hospital, claiming that the kid on the floor, upon uh, the floor again pre 2019, under their watch, the kid that was lying on the floor waiting for NHS care was just an actor. And all the bots that were related to that linked back to Matt
2: Hancock.
0: Yeah. Do you, Do you know what my favorite? That was fishy as fuck, that was.
2: I actually researched that exact thing recently, Rob Barnes' book that I'm deeply obsessed with, you know, I still haven't finished it, my brain is since, um, The 80% thing. Uh, did you guys hear the follow-up quote from Dominic Rapp when he was asked, like, how come so many adverts that we've been studying are, are, are outright false? Really? I,
0: I didn't hear that, no. The,
2: the, the, I don't think anybody cares about the cut and thrust online advertising and it's like really because it seems to me that your artist just spent two million pounds on targeted so it seems like some people i.e you guys really about the cut and thrust
0: online adverts mr rob
1: you're paying for for the hand tactics to retain power
0: dirty dirty nda rob (laughs) oh god
2: yeah, what, what, heard, uh, heard I would give, i'd give everything in my, my savings you know what that nd everything every penny i would gladly well gonna say what they are but if uh yep.
0: if i can if i can persuade david davis to come on the uh, podcast i think he might have an inkling <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah for for anyone that's uh that's listening david davis used to uh run a parliamentary office and dominic raab worked for him and in the time that he worked for him uh something happened between dominic raab and a female member of staff and we still don't know what that is uh because the female member of staff who made the complaint then had an nda wrapped around her in terms of the settlement or in terms of being able to exit the uh, uh the office uh and nobody seems to want to talk about it so you know it's something something salacious um
2: i, I really, really wish that i'd seen in now just so i literally don't talk about bruno to not talk about <laughs>
0: um let's let's quickly touch back on the uh, on the cost of living crisis um there was a lot of talk a couple of weeks ago about a windfall tax uh on the energy suppliers so bp shell these are obviously international corporations uh who are having their best year in a decade billions of pounds coming into them uh but when the idea of a windfall tax was tabled at pmqs boris johnson said that uh he didn't think that big energy companies were in a position to take the hit on soaring energy prices um to which the only credible response is and and i am <laughs> uh how do you, how do you guys feel about a windfall tax? I've I've read conflicting reports from different people. Some people say it's actually not the uh the the catch all solution that everyone's looking for. Other people say, well, it's the obvious solution. You know, you tax uh tax the businesses that are benefiting from this to help us all get through this tough period. Do you think it's something that we should explore or I've lost lost my uh <laughs> my host uh, host chops. Uh let's go to you first, Dan.
1: I think at least it's something doing something would help and it would and it would show like I want at all um I want digging the hole in one way and sadly I think that people are gonna to have to suffer to get them um because their voters are finally seeing what it's like to vote conservative because they're they're the they're feeling the effects that everyone else has been feeling um for time but I think just, just making an attempt to do something to challenge them when they've got literally i quote more money than they know what to do with when people that are trying to like burn their table legs to keep warm i think it wouldn't be such a bad thing to try and do something and labor actually devolution on this and get down on it or they no, they won it got through but they the government ignored it so labor the position doing trying to help you like trying to help all of us by somehow curtail the government uh, but because they've got a majority, necessarily have to listen to anything that they do. so well, they don't at all have to listen to this. But um, Labour are behind the scenes is actually trying to do things out of this. Um, at the moment. and one of the their, their suggestions their suggestion tax. I'm not going to pretend that I know the ins and outs of the industry and I don't know whether or not that's a great idea. I think it's 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 doing something yeah
0: i think there's there's two important sort of take-homes there the first one is the optics of being seen to be helping people who are going through a rough time like even if you did go into the red a bit if you could see that the government were actually on your fucking side you might be a little bit like well you know it is tough but i can you know they're doing what they can but at the moment it feels like actually they're doing fuck all they're standing on the side of big business which i suppose we should not be too uh, shocked by conservatives standing on the side of big business, Shell and BP probably donate to to the Tory Party. So,
1: yeah, I bet they do.
0: Um,
1: I bet they do. Let's of kind of
0: Let's go to uh, to Davy. Your thoughts on the windfall tax? I had it. i like someone. I'm
2: I'm not a mathematician. Um, someone explained to me why windfall wouldn't be ideal, and stunned with my further because. I said, well, people are so fault of a good idea. And then that's not a good idea because in thinks scheme of things that would increase prices further. And I said, why? <laughs> that- no. Why is in why? I mean, is this the system that we accept? Why? Wasn't it? What is the root cause? Every single party now has manifesto. So people have green energy companies their energy prices have gone why why is this system that we i'm not talking about i don't we're bringing a windfall my thinking is more holistic than that now because we are really in straits my thinking is why have we gotten to this stage and why do we as a continue to condone it i don't know whether a solution what i think is why are we backing further into a cul-de-sac both financially societally, we've got a bunch of people in charge who have no idea what they didn't left the EU. Yeah. And now picking Putin's bond sanctioning away because they know where our stuff comes from. And Saudi Arabia to get oil came back with nothing. Like, this is what we have in charge. It is appalling. Nobody's working on infrastructure in the background in the government because, as you said earlier, Ed, all they're bothered about is what do we do right the fuck now? And right the fuck now they don't know what they're doing, and that means that it's going to continue and snowball. So for me, I don't care about windfall taxes and I don't care about anything like that. What I care about is getting a government in place that is going to plan for how we are going to handle the next 50 years because right now things are already bad enough and I can only see it getting worse if this government stays in place. And that is my take on all of the energy crisis stuff, because it's only going to get worse.
0: Yeah, I agree. It, it, it will get a lot worse before it gets. In fact, it won't really get better. It's my it's my sort of dystopian outlook on it. I, I feel like there's a scarcity of natural resources. Uh, everyone knows that. Uh, I feel like from what I've read about, like the concept of peak oil, um, which I don't want to get all tin foil hat, but. Uh, The estimates are that we will peak with oil extraction and production in the next, like, 10 to 20 years. And that means it's going to become more expensive to get oil out of the ground. And that means countries are going to fight each other over the oil that's left. Uh, So we we have a very small amount of time to fix this. Uh, Like, I was thinking earlier how weird it is that we're about to run out of oil at pretty much the same moment that the Earth needs us to stop burning petrol. Like, how fucking convenient is that? Well,
1: Shocking. yeah, it's, it's a sign, isn't it? I mean, and another thing, regimes that he's going cap in hand to, I mean, you look at the, the regime in Saudi Arabia, mm. how, um, oh, God, it's, it's going to annoy me. Bill, is it Bill Griffin? I've completely, it's gone out of my mind, the guy today that was talking about how uh, Saudi, uh, right kind of... Um, oh, that
2: idea, the, the guy that said about bringing people over in rubber boats, that moron. Yeah, the
1: guy by the, the, the James O'Brien calls bungalow ill. Um,
2: <laughs> he's
1: nothing up to um, talking about that today, and um, it's let's, pl- let's replace one really quite kind of a ball with another. We just got rid of like well, got rid of Russia. Um, Let Saudi now, now yeah. say that I think it was in the days before Johnson attended the country like on a mass. Um, what was it, like a mass, uh, so what's the word? AC beheadings,
0: beheadings. yeah. the
1: Beheading of 80 people, yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of, <laughs> we've got to look at who we're working with here, but we've also got to take a really strong look at the government and um, their links with Russia, because I think that can't be understated enough. Like, mm. yeah, we've got, we, we profit from them, but individual MPs have also profited from connections to Russia um so do you really want the same thing to happen again with saudi arabia
0: i suppose the issue there is that the the choices are few and far between there's only a select number of countries that produce oil and gas in the world Uh, i don't think it's any coincidence that at the moment we needed to um, separate ourselves from russia that we needed to uh, create some sort of new energy strategy that right at that moment suddenly the doors opened for Nazarene to come home and conversations with Iran uh, caught fire. I feel like that was a like whether whether it comes out now or it comes out in five years or in somebody's biography or whatever. I feel like eventually that will what will happen is somebody will say, yeah, we would we were desperately trying to get our hands on replacement fossil fuels. They wanted the debt paid. We wanted oil and gas and so Nazanin came home. Um
1: well yeah, yeah debt would have been outstanding for many years and you know, the government have got big questions to answer about why they didn't pay it sooner, really. But we know why, don't we? <laughs> like it's resources. Um, yeah. It is dark.
0: Dark times. Um, but at least we've got fracking to save the day, according
1: Yay! to Steve Bacon. Nothing goes wrong with fracking.
0: No, I was gonna say, you guys are all safe. I literally live in the area, they're
2: gonna frack and when my water catches fire I'll send you some. <laughs>
1: Water oh, catches fire. Just one sniff of that gas,
0: <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> you're inside out.
0: <laughs> that is one more reason for you to uh, move down to London, Davy. Yeah,
2: downstairs.
0: If, uh, if anyone wants to fund that, then uh, I'm on coffee
2: under politically enraged. If you send me money, I'll move closer to London, and then <laughs> I'll do more fabulous things. I'm just throwing
0: that out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the grift is strong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to uh on to party um yeah. our second topic for this evening uh, a few weeks ago party seemed to be the end of boris johnson uh, and around that time there was a fear that by kicking the can down the road with the sue gray report and then that would have to wait until the Met stuff was done and then it was back to sue gray again and that the public interest in these illegal parties uh in downing street would wane and at those that time Those fears were put to rest by journalists by saying, to be honest, it's not even about public anger anymore, because once the police fines are administered, then heads will have to roll. But now the fines are being administered. We don't know who got them. We're not going to find out from the Met. Downing Street are only going to say if Boris Johnson got one, not any of the supporting staff or anything. And the Blonde Yeti hasn't so far got a fine. So it feels right now as though the entire cabinet have dodged this like a deer on the M25, just dodging scrutiny uh, and repercussions at every juncture. Where do we see this going, Davy?
2: I think that it's, they are like, they are so lucky at the set of circumstances around everything at the minute. I think that they're extremely lucky. They should be down on their hands and claws for Priti Patel, praying to the whatever demons it is that have empowered them to remain in Downey Street this long for thanks but what they don't seem to understand is this and I actually wrote a blog post about this a while ago and it was literally called something like accountability now or rioting later okay let's say you dodge out a party gate it is the Tories it is only a matter of time until another scandalous thing comes out another terrible thing that they've done and it we're not as, as like shocked as I am that British people who've spent their entire my entire adolescence telling me how no nonsense they are as, as lackadaisical as we've been in taking action something's going to catch on fire so yeah. my suggestion to them would be make people take accountability now because if you don't make them take accountability now something bad will happen down the line that's not a threat it's not a warning it's a fact
0: yeah, it's very true. It's uh, one of the quotes I always come back to on various episodes of this is the uh, Tupac Shakur quote where he's talking about social justice movements of the like 60s, 70s, 80s. And he's saying, like, people when people are hungry or when people are desperate, they start off knocking on the door and saying, like, please, can we have some food? Uh, and then when it's been two days or three days, then they're banging a bit louder and then banging a little bit louder and shouting and screaming. But eventually they will break the fucking door down and take your food. <laughs> if yes, you man. don't listen to them and where we're at now yeah. i think is that period of people being incredibly frustrated that they're not listened to in fact they're not just not listened to they're ridiculed mocked diluted in importance dismissed um and yeah i agree i think at some point something will catch fire um let's go to yourself tan where where do you think party gate is headed
1: well, hopefully the catch fire stage. Love a riot. Um, <laughs> you think I'm joking. I have attended them. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's the only way that I'm going to find my future husband, I think, is a riot. But um, in terms of uh, the law and the government, the thing with Partygate, I think that's um, I mean, the British probably don't like people breaking rules anyway. It's kind of a UQ jump. You you break the rules. We get angry. So that was a massive slap in the face for people on so many levels who had suffered so much and i don't think that we can have this discussion without you know paying attention to the fact that so many people have lost so much during all this and that's something that the government just refused to acknowledge over and over again and i'm the thing that concerns me about partygate is it's dragging on and it's dragging on whilst other crises some caused by the conservatives some not caused by the Conservatives, happen. And my concern is that they're going to do what they have done with the Grenfell inquiry, like they could, I assume they're going to do with the COVID inquiry, which is drag it out to the point where people are exhausted, the updates on it don't even make any sense anymore, or it's it's just like erroneous crap over a long period of time, um, t- to the point where kind of people just kind of don't think about it, but because they've heard it so often, you know, it's, um, there is a term for that.
0: They, they sort um, of tire of it, don't they? Fat- like media yeah. fatigue or, yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, but what this has proven is that the law and the government are in, they're just in cahoots and that neither system is fit for purpose at all. Um, the government are just a husk. And um, the way that the Met have handled this and handled so many things um, has just proven that if you're a really rich, white, powerful man, the law does not apply equally to you as it does to anybody else. And there's the kind of, I think that uh, what Labour say about how it's one rule for, for them, another for the rest of us. I think we have to look now at the fact that it's one law for them and another for the rest of us. And that's If that doesn't get people out on the streets, I don't know what will. Um, But on the anniversary, I think, today, I think it's like the 32nd, isn't it, anniversary of the poll tax riots?
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: I think that we need direct action. I'm not inciting riots, but I'm inciting people.
0: um, Not inciting people.
1: I'm asking people not
0: to. (laughs) You're inspiring people, Tan. That's what you're doing.
1: (laughs) to take direct action on this. Um so to, to go out there to have their voice heard and to frankly ignore the protest bill, which I fully intend to. I mean the day they make protests illegal will be the day that I'll go out there with my bloody megaphone. Like I'm not gonna have it.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's uh... I mean look the, the protest bill making protesting essentially illegal by making the noisy, disruptive protests <laughs> uh, an arrestable affre- offence is it? Was it? Is it like a five-year jail sentence or something with it? Yeah,
2: ten years,
1: I think. Like is ten, ten?
0: Ten. five they've is been... for an individual protest.
1: Yeah, I mean they've wow. already jailed people for the extinction rebellion protest. I mean we've got rapists uh, awaiting trial for for years, but they can push through a, a group of people like gluing themselves to the road in the hope of kind of like stopping the impending. Um, climate crisis, they can rush that through the courts, but you've got people that have that, that are rapists that are probably going to get let off anyway, uh, sitting there for years waiting. Uh, proper dangers to societies, like people on paedophile you know paedophilia charges, murder charges, even waiting for years to get through. Again, another system they've failed to to sort out is the, is the kind of court system
0: and prisons
1: and prisons. They've Literally, is that can, can you name one thing that they've actually done well on, apart from Corruption. like profiting
0: Russian massive... donations?
1: <laughs> I mean, well, I can't think of one.
0: No, like this is it... sorry. You go, Davy.
2: Well, I, say, I might go on a bit of a monologue, but I'll try and keep it sharp. But here's the thing: when it comes to Partygate, that I want to get down to brass tacks about because. I just, like, I have to say this. I think I mentioned it last time I was on the pod, and I'm just going to be really upfront. And this might be a little bit upsetting for people to listen to, but I'm just going to be blunt. And this is the reason why I don't, I just don't see them getting away with it. My mum died two days before lockdown, the first lockdown. She died. And I sat in my flat on my own, mourning her, crying, staying away from my sisters, staying away from my dad. And she died in the same method as the 165,000 people or however more it is now that have died of coronavirus, I watched my mum choke to death in front of me on her own lung fluid, slowly and agonisingly. Mm-hmm. And that's how over 100,000 people have died. Not all of them are the fault of this government, but a significant portion of those people died because of things like eat out to help out and because they kept lifting and lifting lockdowns and not implementing rules properly and not telling us what to do, not listening to the science. And... To add insult to injury, they were partying. While I was mourning my dead mum alone in a tiny flat in Leeds, they were having parties.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So like I said, accountability. Take it or we will give it to you. That's all yeah. I can say about it. Like, if, they, if there's one thing they can learn from this, it's that if they, if they take accountability, the job is over but if you make us take if you make us teach you to take accountability i don't think you will enjoy the lesson is that is all i will say
1: yeah david
0: it's it's so important to hear stories like yours of of you and your mother because i think sometimes there's a danger in in the world of twitter and in the world of guardian headlines that when we say things like you know people didn't get a chance to say goodbye to their dying parents while this lot were off party that has almost become a soundbite that that people will use to i guess the the accusation would be that people use it to point score but it's so important to remember that where that quote started is from genuine real stories like yours where like i mean touch wood my my mum's managed to get through the pandemic so far without having contracted covid once but if she did and if the very worst happened and it was that sort of scenario um you know i i, I just don't know what that does to somebody psychologically uh and how angry how how full of rage you must be um
2: i one of the things that uh, my mum was dying of terminal cancer and, and that's what killed her um and so i had months and months and months before it to kind of prepare and then the pandemic happened and there was this awful thing I used to lie in bed at night and think god so- someday someday soon I don't know when I'm going to be carrying my mum's coffin down down the aisle at the you know the the crematorium and I couldn't even do that for safety and I accepted that I was like you know what I can't do this because if I spread this virus somebody else will die the way that she did and that's awful I gave that up, even though it was the last way that I could show respect for my mother. I gave that up because I was told that that was the right thing to do. And a couple of days after that, Boris Johnson and the rest of them were having parties in Downing Street. So whenever people make the glib comments or say it doesn't matter or say there's bigger things or that they need to move on, say it to people like me and tell me, Mm that it doesn't matter because I have a very different view than I think that you should listen to.
0: That's the thing, isn't it? They've, they so rarely actually ask the people who have been affected by the situation that we're talking about. Uh, it's yeah. always some politician. It's like a Michael Fabricant or... Or someone will wheel themselves onto the news. Or Jacob Rees-Mogg is the more famous example, who recently said, "Like, well, you know, I think I think Ukraine has uh, shown us the, the the fluff that Partygate always was." It's like, well, you weren't. Maybe you weren't affected by it, mate. But like, why are we listening to you? Why don't we listen to somebody who was actually affected by it?
1: Well, he would say that, wouldn't he? Because it's impossible for him to die because he's he's a, he's a spectre. Um,
0: well, also like... he's a massive cunt. So yeah. Massive...
2: <laughs> uh, I, like, so. I... I think it's unfair to compare Jacob Rees-Mogg to cunts because I have no experience with them, but I've heard that they have a certain warmth and depth to them.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely do. And, one, and... Thing,
0: one thing I have noticed uh, that's quite encouraging in the last last few days uh, is that journalists are starting to call out where Johnson has clearly misled the House. Which, you know, t- to be honest, like, you, I mean, look, we had the Stefanovic video, we have people like Alistair Campbell on Twitter constantly calling him a liar, but in terms of, like, mainstream news, uh, until now it's been dominated by figures like Peston and Koonsberg, and um, I'm sure they're lovely people and great journalists, but uh, in terms of, like, holding the Prime Minister to account for telling untruths in the Houses of Parliament, uh, now what we're starting to see is, uh, so two examples I found earlier, Um, uh, mainstream journalists tweeting 1st of December he said all guidance was followed completely in number 10 the the police have found otherwise 8th of December he again said there had been no parties we now know there obviously were and that he attended them Like these are clear-cut examples of him lying to the house and I think when they are called out as we're starting to see now I am somewhat encouraged that this may actually result in him in in a political downfall for him
1: well um you know it's it's well done journalists for doing your fucking job fine (laughs) um you know we've been doing it for you for the last couple of years one of the main reasons that i started a tiktok channel was because they were not reporting the crimes of the government and how we ended up having such a a appalling response to covid in the first place which was Operation sickness, everything in that report being ignored. And large, large part, I don't know who decided this, but large parts of it were concealed from the public because it was too shocking in terms of how big the government failures were and how frightening it was. Mm. So well done, slow clap to the journalists for finally now beginning to do their job. But then you've got people, you've got the government trying to overturn the Official Secrets Act so that anything that embarrasses the government will uh, result in like, could possibly result in jail terms for journalists
0: yeah that was but a press them, sentence wasn't
1: it well yeah our press freedom has always been really low down the list anyway like massively low down the list and i think what a lot of people fail to realize when they're buying their daily mail or their son or whatever is that a lot of the time journalists i mean look at look at johnson he was a Um, well inverted commas (laughs) journalist let's let's face it he wasn't exactly good he just made up loads of shit obviously Um, but a lot of them go on to work in government uh, posts and there is an inherent tribalism amongst them so you know and they're going to stick to that no matter what because they're going to get backhanders or influence or whatever I mean I, I don't know how I don't know what other way to say it besides the fact that everything's fucked. Um, but you know, well done for you know finally starting to report the actual facts of the matter, because God knows for the last two years they have been missing in action. And then um, Pri- uh, Pippa Crera came along. Um, I was going to sing uh, a hero comes, you know, it could fit. Um, and then you've got, <laughs> and then you've got um, oh uh, Cadwalla being, you know the Russian tactic was applied to her, wasn't it? It was like they're trying to silence journalists in the high court, using all that money to to try and silence journalists, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so I understand that some of them face pressures, and the good ones get, you know, they try to, people to sue them for libel or whatever it is, to, to, to silence them. But frankly, I'm very angry at a lot of the journalists in this country, especially people like Peston. It's like, oh, finally, you're piping mm. up Peston. Well, you've been, you've been silent on, on the key issues for years now. So well done. If you want
2: if you want an example of just how thick as thieves the journalists are, because they you know, I'm sure they've all had fun having their moment in the sun, revealing the corruption that people like us three have been speaking about at for a long time now. But watch the video where what's her name? The the when Partygate first broke, um the woman who was recorded. What's her name? Um She's married part, to the okay. guy. She's oh, married to the guy that owns a Spectator. Uh, Stratton, um, Allegra Stratton, Stratton. Allegra Stratton. Allegra yeah. Stratton, yeah. So watch that video back. Because it's like, oh, it's, it's and cheese okay. Oh, oh Allegra. Oh, oh, oh. And it's like, they're journalists. Those motherfuckers sat there, listened to those jokes yeah. about the fact that parties were happening, and then quietly went about their business for however long. And then somebody else that wasn't even there broke the story. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's, we must reveal the truth about this government. And it's like the truth that you knew and have sat on until for some reason it's convenient.
1: Of course, they knew all along. Absolutely. I've no doubt that they knew all along. But I think even Pip Okra admitted that um, because there was, a, there was a real difficulty when you're in the midst of a health crisis, it's probably going to get buried or when people are already worrying about other stuff, um, it might not have the weight. That it would have um it maybe takes a bit of time passing people to stop being in survival mode for you to but then thanks to this government we've never got out of survival mode so
0: yeah it yeah. feels like we go from sort of one emergency to another doesn't it from brexit to covid to cost of living crisis and i suppose to some extent that's the nature of news as they're gonna amp stuff up substantially but it does feel different like everything's <laughs> been a permanent emergency since 2016
1: because they're yep. shit like it's because they the, the reason that we're going from you know fire to fire is because of a lack of um you know um basic responsibility at the heart of government that, that's one. that's
2: that's one of the funniest things that that like has repeatedly come up and again like i, I write about everything on my blog but one of the things i wrote about that i, I relished the opportunity to write about because i waited for it to happen When war in Ukraine first broke out, I knew it would only be a matter of days until some right-wing gobshite went into the spectator and was like, I've got a great idea for an article. Let's talk about how that this is all the fault of the woke people. And I was like, (laughs) the Tories have been in charge for 12 years. Did you ever think that Vladimir Putin felt empowered to invade another sovereign country? Because you guys are too busy talking about how everything's terrible, but you guys are in charge. Like Vladimir Putin <laughs> is looking at the West and lapping his tits off at us because oh, we're tra- I'm, I'm like, hey, OK, they pronounce cool. Move on with my life. And you guys are like, you, you want to wear dresses like. That's why that's why, if anything, that's why Vladimir Putin feels fucking empowered to invade Ukraine, because you guys are too busy fucking pointing the finger of blame at people that aren't even within touching post of power.
1: And you know who isn't woke? Putin. Um, So (laughs) there you go. I mean, he's—he's. I don't think he would subscribe to that. But it's just another culture war. It's one in a long list of culture wars. Like they're like, oh, they came for people of different races. Now they're coming for people, uh, you know, that are are very vulnerable groups, like the trans community and the LGBT community. People that are having to over and over again fight for basic rights to their lives as they wished it.
2: It's funny, you it's, just, that. it's funny you mentioned that It's funny you mention that because just before you joined the call I was telling Aid that a leak Has said that uh, they're you turning on Banning conversion therapy which to me It's a very poor turn of phrase To say declaring war right now Obviously with what's going on but That is tantamount to declaring war on the LGBTQIA Communities but All I can say is any conservatives listening to this Get ready <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright So so far we've <laughs> We've been inspiring riots and uh, and and get ready for more direct action. Um, it's yeah.
1: like uh, disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> so
0: sure. Please?
1: They've got, I've got nothing to do with them. We're just we know I don't even like them that much. Um, yeah. but, you know, this is all their idea.
0: Yeah, it's
2: the ringmaster. It's it's like behind the scenes. You should see the messages in our little group. He's like, execute order sixty six.
1: I. It's like the daddy.
0: Yeah. You know, I'd like to get to two thousand subscribers before I get cancelled. That would be nice, uh, mate.
1: If you do get cancelled,
0: get cancelled. You just write for the fucking Daily Mail, dude. Yeah,
1: you'll end up in the papers, mate. It's okay. Anyone that's cancelled is like massively platformed. So you'll go you're on.
0: Gonna... Go on my media tour as soon as I get cancelled.
2: <laughs> yeah, um,
0: yeah. I I don't know, man. Like I think. With Partygate, with the the collapse in sort of trust in in government, with uh, as you've mentioned, Davey, like the, the sort of backing down of uh, of of banning of conversion therapy, uh, with Brexit, with the sort of haphazard way that that was. Like, do you remember back in the day when there was like meaningful vote one, meaningful vote two, all of that stuff, uh, and and this sort of this push for No Deal, like let's crash out, like we're better off clean break Brexit, all of that, all of these instances are like perfect examples of a government that just does not seem able to even pretend to be governing in the interest of its people like something like banning conversion therapy i would think is a fucking easy win just ban it <laughs> suddenly you've three got... other countries have done it yeah like what like i i don't understand like has is somebody that owns like the the tools that you use for it like donated to them or like, yes. like why would you possibly back off of that knowing the backlash that you're now going to get
2: that's that's literally but that it, it, there's already very strongly proven links between extremely rich fundamentalist christians and the conservative party and those people having stocks and shares in we knew we've known on my side of things we've known that this was coming for a while i was waiting for it to break because right a new conversion therapy camp opened just outside of London about four weeks ago. Oh, really? oh fucking amazing.
0: <laughs> so I've been
2: waiting for this. And as soon as it came out, I was just like, yep, yeah, there it is.
1: Do you know what though? Anything that's like massively regressive, the Tories will back it. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> like the Tories will back anything that's, that you know, that is regressive. They're not progressive in any sense whatsoever so anything that will inflame people and get them angry and you know get them angry like, like plowmen's lunches you know <laughs> um they're like calling you know us snowflakes for caring about poverty caring about people being you know sometimes murdered and attacked for just living their lives as they are we're wokey snowflakes for that but you know the moment that you know there's even a, a tiny change and we all know why they're doing it is because they're going to fight the next session on this crap they're gonna fight the next election on trying to you know shag the ghost of brexit they're gonna and 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 how do they inflame that tribalism the way that they uh, managed to get the brexit vote through by you know talking about bloody straight bananas and all that bollocks um so
0: yeah it's a sort of classic case of uh, like projection isn't it so they yeah. they say that we are all snowflakes that obsess over uh, pronouns and so on and and make a big deal out of political correctness but actually, we're sort of campaigning for, yeah, like prison or like probation reform or uh, to solve the housing crisis or, you know, pick whatever crisis you like, some sort of rights based issue or um, systemic racism. We're trying to sort of campaign and lobby and fix these issues. Meanwhile, they're like, actually, do you know what? Politically, it's more convenient for me to talk about you talking about pronouns, you know? Yeah,
1: because I... they tra- a, 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 an election like a um, like a Twitter war because sensationalism wins doesn't it
2: Here's, yeah. the, the funny thing is like it's never us that, that are actually upset like when it came to BLM I was like okay I'm going to stand back and listen to people of colour tell me about their experiences and learn and that's what I've done you know sometimes I speak up and I'm like hey is you know is this okay like is you know am I right in thinking this that's about as all as I do when it comes to pronouns, I'm like, what are your pronouns? People are like, it's they them. I'm like, cool, now I know your pronouns, and I move on. I want to dress like this. Okay. Or I, I want to pee in this bathroom. All right, don't do anything dodgy in there. If you do, then you're going to get put sent to prison. Like, it's, it, That's how simple these things are. And instead, it's like, like honest, honest to fuck, yesterday, I actually watched a serious journalist spend seven and a half minutes trying to get a con- coherent answer out of a politician about... Should we really be asking men if they're pregnant on farms to do with hospitals? It's fucking unbelievable. Just fucking tick no, tick no, and move on. The answer: Are you pregnant? No. Cool. Move on. That's it. That's as simple as it is. is
1: Standard form. That's a form that applies to everyone, so it's going to have that question on there regardless. It's a generic form. Exactly. It's a generic form and it's always been that way. It's always been that way.
0: But it fi- it really fits in perfectly to this sort of like faux confused, uh, faux egregious Nick Ferrari phone in where it's Absolutely. like, I can't believe that they're asking men if they're pregnant. What do you think? And then you've got an hour's worth of calls, people saying like, oh, it was bloody ridiculous, bloody snowflakes, like. It's like, this isn't even an issue. Why the fuck are we talking about this? You could pick a crisis. We've got like five dashboard red flashing (laughs) sirens up here going, fix the fucking climate. Like, there's a war in Ukraine. Brexit's fucked. Everyone's getting COVID again. Like, (laughs) and you're wasting your fucking time about a plow person's fuck. Oh. Oh,
1: I know. I know. It's cheese and penises, isn't it? As, as, again, (laughs) Jacob put it. But it's like we're living in don't look up. We are living in that world at the moment. It's just it's it's so disturbing. And this is why I would always say I'll use this moment to say it. Vote tactically for fuck's sake at the next election. Vote tactically to get them out of government. We need change. You know, we need change. Even if it is Keir Starmer riding on an elephant in a tutu, vote for him. Or or the Lib Dems if it's in your constituency that they're all Greens if it's in your constituency. And
0: I personally commit to the second I get verified on Twitter, I'm changing my name to Fact Check UK. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anything anyone anything anyone can do to get me verified, as as far as I know, they will verify you as long as you've been in like two recognised national publications or something, something really? along those lines. So yeah. if if I get quoted in like the evening standard or or the express for being a wokey snowflake or something then uh, so I'm, I'm... I, I,
2: I need an article to be like uh activist lefty uh activist lefty podcaster says boris johnson fucks livestock
0: yeah, well, like, I, I went through a, a phase of, like, tagging the Express and the Mail in tweets saying, like, hey, uh, Daily Express, you know, my dad used to work for the BBC and also I believe these things. Anyway, like, go <laughs> knock yourself out.
1: <laughs> to be fair, like, I don't think it would count for me. I'm regularly featured in the poke, but I don't think that's that's enough.
0: Yeah, uh, I think they say, they say reputable. I mean, you know, I don't want to bash the poke, but...
1: Reputable. It's not the no, poke. One I mean, bash the make...
0: poke. It's just not a broadsheet. No, that no
1: bash... it's not bash the poke, but also there's the fact that you know I think the poke do some really important fucking journalism. It's like well, classist.
0: That that it like the poke actually performs. Probably better journalism than a lot of journalists. On on that we well, can agree. Uh, I just mean like it's not a broad sheet newspaper. You need to be I think you'd need to be in like the oh, Telegraph or Express or Mail or something.
2: But well, this is the thing though as well. This in is the, the kind of weird like this is the <laughs> like through the looking glassness that we live in. Who remembers when the fucking big issue broke the story? That the home office staff had broken lockdown rules as well. And yes. what, like i read it and I was like, The big issue is breaking headline news. What the hell's going
0: on? Yeah. <laughs> and it's and like, then, what?
1: next the fox and hound uh, is gonna talk
0: about yeah like on, on gardens on, weekly on sky news like <laughs> sky news what the papers say it'll be like and uh, let's just check out the beano guys uh. <laughs> jackie's making a comeback <laughs> <laughs> um davy we have been chatting for a, uh, an hour uh so we've run out of time now i got to go in and look after my babies as per usual. um but thanks very much for <laughs> say again
1: to ten, tend to your hangover,
0: to my hangover about... yeah yeah i uh for, for anyone listening i got absolutely fucking shit hammered last night and uh, <laughs> i'm feeling i've spent most of the day feeling quite sorry for myself um but Dave and Dave and Davey and Tan, sorry, I can't can't fucking talk now. <laughs> Davey and Tan have cheered me up uh, no end. So um, yeah, thanks once again, guys, for uh, for jumping on. Uh, if you're not following Super Tansky on Twitter, obviously do that, and on TikTok also. Um, you're starting a podcast soon, aren't you, Tan?
1: I or am. Have you... Dystopia warning. It will be coming. <laughs> dystopia a... warning. Power supply
0: in the EU soon. Cool. So look out for that, um, and go and check out Davey's blogs at Politically Enraged, um, and he's also doing the Politically Enraged uh, podcast too. Uh, Until next time, uh, cheerio. Have a good evening, all. Bye bye. See you later.